Hey, this is Sherry Harmel. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to join the VIP waitlist for my new book, Designing Your Fabulous Next Chapter. Just like the show, this workbook and journal will help you overcome the challenges on your journey to finding your joie de vivre. Go to www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com to sign up now. The kids have left the nest, but are you struggling with who you are now that you don't have to engage in that daily parenting? What if... Just what if an empty nest is actually an opportunity for you rather than something to mourn? Welcome, everyone. I'm Sherry Harmel, your host here at the Extraordinary Women's Show. And today we're going to dig into all the emotions and the challenges that we deal with when our last kiddo flies from the nest. An empty nest truly symbolizes a next chapter for you. That's what we're all about here, right? Think about it. No longer are you worrying about what you can cook that your kids will actually eat versus maybe what you want. Uh, you don't have to be home to make sure that, you know, they're there and what they're doing and what's happening. You're not thinking about what to do for school vacations. You're not standing on the sidelines of sports fields or sitting in an arena watching your children play a sport. So rather than mourning all that will no longer be a part of your everyday life, let's create some goals and make some plans. Imagine what you are going to do with all that time that you suddenly have now for yourself. You know, creating goals and plans truly helps our brains to switch gears from thinking about what is missing, what is no longer out there, um, and instead focusing in on what the next chapter for you could be like. Remember, our brains focus on what we tell it to focus on. And if we're stuck looking in that rearview mirror, your brain will be thinking about all that you're missing. In contrast, when you let yourself imagine possibilities, your brain will come up with a multitude of ideas. So let's get started. Number one, travel. Get out of the routine and the environment of those years when you were raising your children. In my case, as you all know, I head to Paris. I spend probably, oh, four to five months a year in Paris, but it can be anywhere. It doesn't have to even be across the pond, so to speak. It doesn't even have to involve a plane. Now, I have to say, because there's a lesson here, I do my best imagining and writing when I'm up in the air. And I think it might be because I'm physically suspended between where I was and where I'm going to, number one. But number two, I think part of it is I don't have any distractions. You know, I'm stuck in my airplane seat. There's nothing I can do. I can't exercise. I can't get up and make a cup of coffee. And it frees my brain to focus and to imagine. I think that's pretty fantastic. So... But you can do this in lots of different places. You know, you don't have to go on a plane to get the same benefits. You just have to go somewhere that takes you out of your everyday life and eliminates the distractions that are all around you in your home. Another great place to, to think about using is a museum. 
um, go sit in one of the museum rooms that's filled with paintings. And I'm telling you, you will turn off your brain. It's hard to do when you're in your home, but when you're out of your environment, it just automatically happens. Every time I go to a museum and I sit down, you know, some of them have a room where there's a bench in the middle of the room. When I sit down and just let myself imagine what it is like to, you know, walk into that that painting or to have done that painting, it takes me out of everyday life and into the possibilities of what could be. Another idea might be to go to a cafe that you've never been to. Go to places that you did not go to with your children. Go to a park on the other side of town. Like on an airplane, what happens when you, for me anyways, when you get out of the environment where everything is familiar to you, what you're also doing is you're shutting off the memories. You're creating new memories and that allows you to create new possibilities. Now, this leads to number two, which is to explore the town or the city where you live in. When we're raising kids, we're always going to places where they need to be. <laughs> Truly, right? My daughter rode horses. Therefore, I know every show location from Vermont all the way down to Wellington, Florida. But I never saw anything in any of those towns other than riding rings and show venues because I was there for my daughter. So explore where you live, explore the town next door, go to restaurants you've never gone to. If you have any historic homes in your area, you know, go, go see what they're about. And don't, these are all kinds of things that you can do by yourself. You don't need to necessarily have a group. Um, but also, you know, pick a friend, bring a friend with you if that will help. When I was visiting my kids, I think it, gosh, it was last summer, maybe in Minnesota. I went with a friend to the Swedish Institute, which is in Minneapolis, and it's a, a historic home. There's no furniture in it, but it is absolutely beautiful. And in that space, I could imagine a family that was living there, you know, and wonder how they accumulated the wealth to build such a home. In essence, when we're in a historic home, when we tour a historic home, we are all stepping into someone else's life. And that helps us to see new possibilities in our own lives. Take some walks in some unknown neighborhoods. You know, I live in Boston and I have for a long time, but it was only recently that I spent time in Southie. It's quite different from Goodwill hunting. Oh, how that area of Boston has changed in the last 10 years. Another benefit, though, to exploring your city or town is that you start to ground yourself in your place as a person, a whole person, not just a mother. Yes, you're exploring your city, but in the process, I promise you, what you will learn is that you're exploring yourself at the same time, who you are especially for this next chapter. Number three, my third suggestion is to volunteer, but only one day a week. And I say that because volunteering can take over your life. I'm someone who founded a nonprofit, actually several, and I worked for years in a number of different nonprofits, and they can become truly replacements for the children that have flown the nest. 
because nonprofits, as we all know, um, you know, just take an incredible amount of time. They need so much, um, both in terms of expertise as well as our time. But it's important that you don't find something like that to replace the children that are no longer at home and therefore not focus in on what it is that you want to create in your next chapter. Give yourself the time to figure out what it is that you want in your next chapter. As for volunteering, you know, we all like to feel like we are contributing, making some small, even small contribution to our communities. So if that's a direction you want to go, I want you to think about how you can contribute using the skills that you have. Um, and that means you have to do some self-reflection. Maybe you're a great cook. How about, you know, a cooking class to low-income mothers? You know, maybe you are in the financial services field or a CPA of some kind. Teaching a class, you know, in financial literacy to young people, especially young people who are encumbered by student loans, could be really helpful. Gardening. Is there a community garden somewhere in your town? Maybe you're, you know, an exercise physiologist or an, a trainer of some kind. What about exercises for older people? You know, ask yourself, what is it that I know how to do and how can I contribute that in some way, that knowledge, that expertise that I have? Number four, and this is a hard one, practice being a different type of parent. Oh, gosh. I have to admit, I just sent my daughter an apology text, letting her know that I'm learning how to be this new kind of parent. Provide feedback, but in a softer way. Put it out there and then back off. They're adults, even if they don't always act like it. But you always want to be that safe place for them to come to ask for help. They don't want to hear, I told you so. Nobody does, right? And now your children are adults. They just want to be able to talk through it with you because you are the safe place for them to do that. This is really, really hard. I think it's the hardest transition to make as you reach midlife and beyond and your children leave the next, the nest. But truly, you know, it's something that I think sets the groundwork for a future relationship with your adult children. Know that the skill set that you had, that you developed from the time your children were born that provided them the great launch that hopefully um, they have had, that skill set that you developed over that time period is an entirely different skill set from the one that you need to deal with adult children. And that's the hard part because we think, well, I'm a mom. I'm going to tap into those exact same skills that I used when my daughter was one or she was 10 or she was 16 or she was 22. But no, it's all changed. Um, you know, it takes a lot of practice and, and be kind to yourself in that process. And do ask your kids sometimes for forgiveness. Like I said, I had to text my daughter and say, I'm learning how to be a parent to the adult that you are now. I can't tell you how many conversations like this that I have with my girlfriends. And sometimes I run things past him. Just the other day, 
I have a dinner with my son and his wife, so my daughter-in-law, and uh, there were some things I wanted to say to them at this particular dinner, but I ran it past my girlfriends before the dinner tonight. And actually, the feedback was invaluable because I, I think I would have said all sorts of things that I wish I hadn't said if I hadn't run it past my girlfriends. Girlfriends are smart. It's It's always... Easier to, you know, give someone advice than to kind of see your own path or what you should say or not say. So run it past your girlfriends. It will help. Always find ways to stay in contact with your children also. And, you know, when they're younger, they come home all the time. So you know what's going on. You, their phones are probably under the family plan. Um, you know, but, when they're adults and it's an entirely different scenario. So ask them, do you want to stay in touch, me to stay in touch via emails? Do you want me to stay in touch via the phone, you know, phone conversations? Do you want me to send you text messages? Ask them what they prefer. And if you text, (laughs) be prepared for a few weird comments. Like, um, as an example, I think how we text is almost a generational difference in terms of the language we use when we text. I text in full sentences. That's part of my generation. But it's very strange to the young people, especially my grandchildren, that I text. So, um, you know, remember that and, and help them to understand it's a bit of a generational difference. And remember, empty nests don't always stay empty. They really don't. Sometimes kids have to move back home. Maybe they need to save money to purchase a house. It could be the ending of a relationship or the ending of a marriage. It could be a job change, and they're in between one location and another. You know, according to the 2021 census, I think, the information I got was that 58% of adults 18 to 24 live at home with their parents. That's a, a really quite a change from, uh, I think, an older generation. So understand that just because they're gone today, <laughs> they, they may be back. And the quickest way for you to learn how to love your empty nest, honestly, is for the kids to move back home. <laughs> you will totally cherish the time that you had in your house um, without children (laughs) when they move home. Number five, and this is a very important one, and that is to re-examine your relationships. Whether it's your significant other, husband, wife, partner, whatever, suddenly you have more time to say, what can we do together? What do we have in common besides the children? It's all If it's all good, you know, you now have the time and the privacy, dare I say, to reignite your sex life, um, your dating life, as I like to call it. You know, you, you might be on the path of scheduling date nights like you did when the children were little, just to, you know, reconnect and find those things that you have in common. But if all is not good, And this is often the time when couples reevaluate their marriages, um, which truly has led to a huge phenomenon called gray divorces. Take it slow. 
That's all my only suggestion. I myself uh, am a product of a gray, gray divorce, if you want to call it that. Give your marriage a good try and see if there is enough left that you can build upon. See if there's any possibility that you can recapture why you once loved that person. But if your marriage has ended, it's done, do listen to the show's episode on getting over a gray divorce. I think it it could be helpful. Like I said, I went through it myself, and I share some of the um, mistakes I made and the lessons I learned. And I think some of those uh, suggestions might help you. This is also a time, though, to rekindle your gal-pal relationships. When we're raising kids and working hard on building a career, most of us don't have time for lots of friends. The people that we interact with typically um, have to do with our children. Um, So I, I have to share one thing that I think was one of the best things I ever did. And that was that many years ago, it must have been, oh gosh, probably about seven years ago, I had the idea of starting a book club with some of my really good former sorority sisters. And there was a a kind of a group of nine of us that I felt very connected to and I wanted to, to reconnect with. I created it under the guise of a book club because I thought that would make everyone feel comfortable and it would give us a monthly schedule. And now, I, maybe it's not seven years, probably more like five years, because it was about a year before COVID. We still have us a list that comes out every six months of the books for the next six months. We have dates every month. And um, even though there's always a book, and I think that's what keeps us together, What's interesting is that the conversations have gotten deeper and deeper over the last number of years, um, which, you know, in a lot of book clubs, it does. But in this particular case, you know, we have a long history. Uh, we've known, all of us have known each other since we were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Very fun. And a whole lot of experiences, though, that we didn't share between graduating from college and midlife, if you want to call it that. So it's really a wonderful opportunity at this particular time in your life to think about who do I want to reconnect with or how can I build a friendship base? Um, You know, honestly, I live in Boston and the book club takes place in Minneapolis, but I schedule my visits to see my children uh, around the book club dates as much as I possibly can, because they mean so much to me. We need good friends as we march into our next chapters. We need gal pals or girlfriends, whatever you want to call it, because this is a, a an interesting time in one's life. And to have that kind of support is really, really important. Number six, be your own fabulous parent. You know, the other day, uh, I've been in Minnesota since the holidays, and I'm leaving um, in, in a few days. But I have, during this time, listened to my daughter over and over, talk to each one of her children about what they're good at. You know, it's just a mom to child conversation. 
And she's always asking him, you know, what are you interested in learning more about? And then she immediately, you know, gets online to see if there's any kinds of ways for her classes, whatever, for her children to pursue whatever interests them. We all did it as parents. We we don't even maybe remember it. As I watched my daughter do it, I remembered I, I would ask my daughter the same thing. Well, this is your time to parent yourself and to tell yourself, you know what, Mary, Elizabeth, Jane, Sherry, Samantha, you know, you're really good at X, whatever that is, and and compliment yourself. That's what I mean by parenting yourself. Then go the next step and ask yourself, what are you really interested in? You know, it might be that, um, you know, you're interested in, I don't know, learning how to sew again. Maybe you, you sewed your own clothes as a young girl and you've got some ideas of outfits you want to make or pieces you want to make and you want to go back to that. Maybe you want to take piano lessons again. Maybe you want to learn a second language. Maybe you want to take some college classes in topics that were not part of your education program, were not part of your career, you know, it's all up to you. You can sign up, you can research and sign up for whatever it is that you want as though you are your own parent. And if you're thinking of possibly starting a side business, as many, many women midlife and beyond are doing, why not go back to what some of those tools that we all used in our college years? I was a career uh, counselor in at a couple of universities in the Boston area. And we talked about this all the time with students, and that is informational interviews. Sounds totally, you know, process-oriented, very professional, but it doesn't have to be. It can be you calling up people who have a business that are, and in that business, they're doing what you kind of are thinking about. Hmm, do I want to explore that? Invite them to meet you for coffee, take them to lunch, or, you know, if they can't, can't do any of that, maybe just a phone conversation. My guess is given, you know, the way things are today, they might actually appreciate meeting you in person, but it's a perfect opportunity for you to sit down and ask them all kinds of questions about what they do, what their day's like, what are the challenges. Remember back to when you were in college or you were coaching your own children through college and their first jobs and do your own informational interviews. Another tip that we all, our children did, and some of us did, and that is to shadow someone who is actually doing what what it is that you think you want to do. You know, I met a woman on a tour that I took a number of years ago. She was a professional, I think at Disney, but had this idea in the back of her mind of starting a floral business, a brick and mortar floral business. And um, she connected with another woman on the tour who has a thriving floral shop, business book, et cetera, et cetera, and asked her if she could spend some time with her, just shadowing her to see what her day is like. Perfect, right? You want to, you know, own your own bakery? Go shadow a bake somebody who owns a bakery, not not a chain, but who owns a bakery similar to what it is that you want to start. You know, all those tools that you learned as a young person to find the right job actually work for you at this stage of your life. Last 
Create routines that fuel you. Fill your day timer or your online calendar, whatever you use with a schedule that makes you feel happy and hopeful. I color code mine, actually, because I still use a paper calendar. I love paper calendars. Um, but I color code mine on, you know, whether it's work, whether it's um, working out, whether it's, um, uh, you know, social events or whatever. And I do that because it helps me to actually see, am I overweighing my time in a particular area? Do I have too much scheduled in that particular area? Because we're all struggling to find balance. And at this point in our lives, it's even more important. You have lots and lots of years ahead of you, God willing. And we want to feel good about ourselves and about our lives. And that usually happens when we are busy and we are productive and that we feel we have some kind of purpose. All the bad news about the negative effects of empty nest and even calling it an empty nest syndrome were created by people who didn't plan, didn't dream, and they just let their world get smaller and smaller and smaller. We don't want to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of those women who wants to design and create your own fabulous next chapter, not wait and see how it all evolves. And so I say cheers to every one of you and do share your ideas. I love hearing from you. And frankly, that's how we all learn and grow. So do share. And thank you for joining me today. Take care. Abiento.